This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. You could change your diet, you could change your clothes, your hairdo, and the cologne or perfume you wear. And if you don't like the shape of your nose, you can actually go to a plastic surgeon. Some people find that a lot easier. But to change a heart is the most difficult thing to do. That in itself is a witness. Because your heart has changed. Now you're no longer doing the things you used to do. Because now you have a different heart, the Holy Spirit's in you. In Acts 22, as he speaks with Jewish authorities, Paul could have chosen to pontificate with eloquent theology or give listeners a brief course in Christian apologetics. Instead, Paul shared his personal life-changing testimony. In today's message, Pastor Eddie encourages us to be willing to share what the Lord has done in our lives. There is nothing more miraculous to a desperate world than a life changed by the Lord. We are Christ's witnesses that are here to proclaim His power. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie with today's edition of Running the Race. about you, but I would love to have a detailed step-by-step instructions. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, this is what you, okay, what about tomorrow, Lord? Give me my 20 chapters from the time I surrender my life being born again to the time I see you in glory. I need to know everything. Can you give me all steps by, every step till I see you? Saints, listen. God would never, ever, ever give you the second step until you're faithful and obedient in fulfilling the first. There's nowhere in Scripture you're going to find the Lord's going to give, you know, multiple, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Abraham, that's why he's called the father of faith. Didn't have a Bible. Had no um, uh, uh, godly figures in his life. The Lord tells Abraham, leave. He didn't say where. He didn't have a GPS. Didn't have a map. Just Go. And he just started walking. He didn't ask which direction. Started walking. That's faith. Not knowing where you're going. Not knowing what's ahead of you. You're leaving with your family. You're leaving your home. You're leaving your country to go to I don't know where. That's faith. And because of his faith, the Lord blessed him. That's the way God worked. Remember um, Philip? When, the, when there was persecution in the church, and he, the Lord said, hey, just go down this road, and you'll find a, a man. And then all of a sudden, he, he, he comes across an Ethiopian eunuch. The Lord didn't tell him where else to go. Just go this way. This, go get that carrot, the, the carriage. Go get that cart. Go get that man in that cart. He's reading something. And he goes, pulls up alongside him. He starts sharing the gospel. You know what you're reading? He's reading Isaiah. That's the way it works. That's the way the Lord works. And can I tell you, that's how faithful the Lord is. I could tell you by experience. I'm not only speaking to you to encourage you in the word. I'm not perfect, but I can tell you by experience. Because if I didn't know where God was leading me, we wouldn't be here today. I had no idea that Milford ever existed. I'm from New York City, Orange County, New York. That was it. That was my world. I knew there was a Pennsylvania. 
but I didn't know that there was a Milford. As far as I knew, Pennsylvania, you know, you know, when you, Lancaster, you hear about that, the Amish country, and, or Matamoros, when they used to have the skating place over there. I'd take my daughters there. My daughters had a birthday. That's as far as I went. I had no idea. I didn't know where Lord Valley was. That's where we started. Lord's Valley, great. You see, all I knew that there was a people who wanted to draw close to the Lord. They wanted a Bible study. I'm one of those guys. I'm a softie. When people need the word, I'm there. I went to East Harlem for a season. I wouldn't go to East Harlem in uniform, let alone go there and teach the Bible. But this is what it is. You take the first step. God is faithful. You have to be obedient, walking by faith, not by sight. I don't know what lies ahead. I don't know what's going to lie ahead for us next month and the following month. We get some ideas, but don't know what the Lord is doing. I don't know what he's going to do next year. But you know what? I'm seeking the kingdom first and his righteousness, and God's going to add all things. He's going to also take care of my needs, but he is his ministry. I'm just being obedient. You're like, when you go to work, your boss is not going to tell you to plan for next year, right? You're going to tell you, okay, this is your assignment for today. You do that, right? It's never a problem when your boss gives you instructions, right? Follow the Lord. And this is Paul. Just go to Damascus. What should I do? What do you want me to do, Lord? Thinking like, oh, wow, this is the apostle, soon to be apostle Paul. He's going to get his full story, his whole history ahead of him. And the answer the Lord tells him, just go to Damascus. There you'll be told things of what to do. What are you going to do? Beautiful. Love it. That's the way the Lord works. Verse 11, and since I could not see for the, for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus. Then a certain Ananias, this is not the Ananias that died because he lied to the Holy Spirit to Peter. Then a certain Ananias, a devout man according to the law. You see, Paul's still relating. This is this Ananias. He's like you and I. He's a Jew. A devout man according to the law having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, love it. You know what I love about this? Saul had a reputation to be a a terrorist. Paul was Saul the terrorist, terrorizing, persecuting the church. But now he calls him brother. Isn't that beautiful? Brother Saul, receive your sight. And he said, and at that same hour, I looked up at him. Then he said, The God of your fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one, speaking of Jesus Christ, and hear his mouth, for you will be his witness to all men. This is Paul. This is his calling. You're going to be a witness to all men. You heard the voice of Jesus Christ, the just one. And now this is being fulfilled before their very eyes. He's speaking to this mob of crowd that wants to kill him. It's being fulfilled before their very eyes. It already began when he went to Asia Minor and Galatia and started sharing the gospel. It's being fulfilled. It parallels to when Jesus went into the temple, remember? And he reads a scroll that they pull out from uh, the shelf there in the synagogue, it was random. It wasn't in order. It was random pulling of the scrolls, and they had someone read it. And he said, you know, the Lord has sent me to preach good news to the poor. And then he goes on, he says, this has been fulfilled before your very eyes. Amazing. When God organized everything, you're faithful to follow him step by step. Everything falls into place. 
and what was been really spoken, if the perfect will of God falls into place. Now the Apostle Paul uh, is, was once known to be Saul the terrorist. Now he's a witness. He said, for you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and what you have heard. This is the message for you, for your testimony. You're going to be a witness for what you have seen God done in your life and what you have heard through the studying of the word of God. That's your testimony. And again, your testimony is the greatest testimony. So Adonias continues to speak to him, verse 16. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. In other words, Paul, you got your commission. Now get up and go. Get baptized and start your ministry. It's amazing. Jesus, before he began his ministry, what happened? He was baptized. He was baptized. And that's when his ministry began. Verse 17, now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance and saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, but they will not receive your testimony concerning me. That's what the Lord spoke to him. Now he's leaving. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I've imprisoned and beat those who believe on you. And when the blood of your martyr, Stephen, was shed, this is important, I also was standing by consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. He's sharing this. To the, you know, see, he's sharing this with the crowd. Say, listen, I was behind the first Christian martyr in all church history, Stephen. I was the one consenting. I was the one there. I was encouraging and cheering these men on. I was holding their garments. I was holding their clothes while they were picking up their stones and stoning him as Stephen calls and sees the Lord. I was there. And they know this. And he's sharing this with them. And some of them, most likely in that, in that crowd, say, yeah, I heard about that. That guy, that Christian martyr, that guy of the way being stoned. So Paul is, is, is sharing this. And then verse 21 Then he said to me, depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. So this is the end of his sharing the testimony. Now, Paul, without doubt, would have continued on. Continue on. If you studied the life of Paul and his ministry, Paul could be here to midnight, to daylight. You remember when he was teaching at the upper room, third floor, and uh, and there was this young boy sitting at the window ledge, and it was, you know, to midnight, he falls and the Lord, miraculously, he's, he's healed, uh, but Paul goes back up and taught to daybreak. Meanwhile, there's a kid lying down the floor. This is Paul. He will continue on teaching. He will continue on speaking. Paul has an audience listening in. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care if they want to kill him. And so now he's sharing his testimony, but here's when the crowd comes in. Verse 22. Then they listen to him until his Unto this word, what word is that? Gentiles. Gentiles, verse 21. And they listened to him unto this word, and then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from this earth, for he is not fit to live. Just the word Gentiles. That was it. You see, there's more behind it. It's not just racism or anti-anybody. It's more to this. You see, to the Jews there who are listening in, where Paul, while he's sharing his testimony, sharing his zeal for God and the law, 
until they started hearing this Gentile. And the idea is that God, to save Jews and to save Gentiles as the same, was a problem to them. What's the problem? Okay, saving Jews, okay, this Jesus, whatever, you know, it's probably another sect breaking out of Judaism. But now we got Gentiles in. What kind of religion is this? To say that we equal? To say that we equal with the Gentiles? They have no problem with a Gentile converting to Judaism. They have no problem with that. There were many in the crowd there, I'm sure. But they have a problem that a Gentile can be a Christian just like a Jew can become a Christian. It was blasphemy to them. Because to say that is to imply that Jews and Gentiles were equal, having to come to God on the same terms. They didn't like that. Wait a minute. How did you bring this Gentile thing in? No, we're special people. We're special people. Descendants of Abraham. And so, you see, this is sad. But you know what? People say, oh, yeah, these Jews, you know, no. You know, the, the Jews there, they considered the Gentiles as to be created by God to fire the flames of hell. You know, there are people throughout generations, even during that time before, that wanted to throw Jews into the flames of hell themselves. And they don't understand that for God so loved the world, not for God so loved the Jews, not for God so loved the Gentiles. This is, this is racism. God created all people. He loves all people, men, uh, male and female, white and black, Jew and Gentiles. Racism should not be in the heart of a Christian. And God forbid any of us as Christians would be guilty of racism or anti-Semitism. You forget that your Messiah is Jewish. You forget that the first congregation of, the, of our history, of Christian history, were Jews. It's foolishness. And we get caught up in it. If you get caught up in it, that's mean you still have the world in you because that's the world view. First John says, do not love the things of the world. And, but you, you may say, well, we don't love, do, not, do not love the world, First John tells us. We're not to love the world. How come for God so love the world? God so love the world, speaking of people. But if you love the world as in world system, as the world of sports, the world of finance, the world system, you caught up in that and you caught up with this racism. That's not Christian-like or anti-Semitism. It's sad. But the mob at this time to think that Gentiles could be together with them and the Lord. That's why the Lord used, uh, used Paul. And so the mob furious by Paul mentioning this. Verse 23, then as they cried out and tore off their clothes and threw dust in the air, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and said that he should be examined under scourging so that he might know why they shouted why they, why they shouted so against him. So beat him until you find out what he's saying. What's the story? You know? Verse 25. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who stood by. Now remember, commander is above centurion. Centurions oversee about 100 soldiers. So this is a, a ranking uh, Roman soldier. The centurion stood by. He said, is, Paul tells him, is it lawful? For you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? Is it lawful? Is it? <laughs> Hit the brakes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Remember I told you verse 3? Remember at the end of the, t- uh, the uh, chapter? Verse 3, he's a Roman citizen. He was born in Rome. And for Rome, you couldn't do that. You couldn't scourge. You couldn't, you couldn't uh, scourge anyone or put anyone to prison without a trial, whatever. You can't do that. 
They may do it with everyone else. They may do it with the Gentiles. They may do it with some, but they couldn't do it with a Roman centurion. And it says, is it, he says, so is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? Verse 26, when the centurion heard that, he went and told the commander saying, take care what you do, for this man is a Roman. And so I say, hey, listen, be careful how you handle this guy. You're going to be in trouble. Be careful. You know who you got chained up? A Roman soldier. That was a big deal. You can't do that. Be careful what you say. So then the commander comes in, right? He's, he's chief. Came and said, tell me, are you a Roman? Paul says, yes. The commander answered, with a large sum, I obtained my citizenship. And Paul said, but I was born a citizen. Yeah, you paid your way to get be a citizen. You paid to be where you are right now. You paid under the table, above the table, the side of the table, left of the table. You paid for it. I was born. You can't take that away. My crib was in Rome. I don't know where yours, yours were. Verse 29, then immediately those who were about to examine him withdrew from him. And the commander who also afraid after he found out that he was a Roman and because he had bound him. Verse 30, the next day, because he wanted to know for certain why he was accused by the Jews, he released him from his bond and commanded the chief priests and all their counsel to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. That's it. Let this guy go. He's a hot potato. If we can't solve it, forget it. Let's not worry about it. The crowd left. Let's let him handle it. You see, saints, your testimony is the greatest testimony the world can see. You want to know why your testimony is so important, regardless of the backgrounds and how the people gave their lives to the Lord? You know why? Well, for two reasons. Number one, you surrender your heart to the Lord. You've changed your heart. You surrender your heart to the Lord, and, and, and it's now changed. You know, that is not easy. That is not easy to change a heart. To change a heart is the most difficult thing a human being can do. You could change your diet, you could change your clothes, your hairdo, and the cologne or perfume you wear. And if you don't like the shape of your nose, you can actually go to a plastic surgeon. Some people find that a lot easier. But to change a heart is the most difficult thing to do. That in itself is a witness. Because your heart has changed. Now you're no longer doing the things you used to do. Because now you have a different heart. The Holy Spirit's in you. And he's changing you. And he's fashioning you. He's molding you. And that's incredible. We worry about healing. We worry about being healed from disease and some kind of sicknesses. Can I tell you, the disease of the heart is more lethal. The wages of sin is what? Death. Sin separates people from God. Thank God for Jesus Christ. We surrender our heart to him. He's constantly, you know, shaping him all this, convicting us. The Holy Spirit brings conviction while the enemy brings condemnation for those who are in Christ. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Secondly, we are witness. We have a changed heart. We are witness. There is no longer, regardless of your testimony, no matter how big or how small, whether it could be in books and movies or maybe nobody really cares But the fact that your life changed is a witness, is a testimony. It proves that there is a God of grace. There is a God of love. 
that could change your life. Your life was changed. Your BC days before the cross, you know who you were. And now you surrender your life to the Lord. And now the Holy Spirit has changed you. And now you don't do the things you used to do. And that in itself is a witness. Those that knew you before Christ, yeah, you used to do this. You don't do that anymore. Why? That's a witness. And sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Share the world how Jesus changed your life. Share with the world your own testimony. Share with the world that you no longer cheat on your taxes because you're a Christian and you, you file your taxes honestly. I don't get an amen for that, I bet. That's okay. Not judging anybody. I'm just saying. This is what happens when you come to the Lord. You don't do those things anymore. Share with the world that you no longer go to work late and then leave 15 or half hour minutes earlier, robbing your boss from that 15 or 30 minutes. All these are things that we're so accustomed to doing, think that it's not a sin. God sees all things. Share with the world that you used to hate people. In your heart, and Jesus says, hating someone is murder. Share with people that I no longer hate because I have a Savior who loves me. Even when I was a sinner, he loved me. I didn't deserve his love. He loves me, and because he loves me, I love him, and I love others. And I listen to the gospel when it says, in, it, when Jesus says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. You become a witness now. This is what Jesus, the book of Acts, is a church history. And it began with Jesus giving them the instruction, the disciples. He said in chapter 1, verse 8 of, of the book of Acts, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This has never ceased. This continues on, and the body of Christ should continue to be witnesses. You know what the word witness is in the Greek? It's martis. When we get the word martyr, that is witness in the Greek. We're so spoiled in the, in, the, in the English, right? It sounds better in the English. Oh, I want to be a witness. Martyr? That's what it means in the Greek. To be a witness is a person who witnessed and perhaps have been killed as a result. Praise God you're in America. Praise God that you have the freedom to, to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even though now we're the minority of being persecuted. You know, that, that right doesn't apply to Christians all of a sudden. I don't know why. But we know why. This is not our world. We're just sojourners. Our citizenship is in heaven. But while we're here, we share the gospel. Don't worry about crazy stories. Don't worry about theology. Paul could have done that. Share the gospel. Share your testimony and what God has done to you in your life. And how he's been uh, filling in that void. When there was no hope, you found Jesus this hope. And because of Jesus... We have eternal life. Who cares what happens here? As Paul would say, I don't count my life dear to me. But whatever happens, happens. But I'm here for Jesus to live as Christ, to die as gay. The Bible is the central place for us to turn to as Christians for understanding and direction. While there are many wonderful books, websites, and resources to help churches with growth, the book of Acts is the foundation for biblical church growth. Join us as Eddie teaches through Acts verse by verse. To listen to this message in its entirety, simply log on to runningtheraceradio.com. That's runningtheraceradio.com. Although running the race is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. 
It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches the Word of God from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel of Milford. Maybe you're listening right now in Milford, Pennsylvania, and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. For more information, call us at 570-296-7367. That's 570-296-7367. Or log on to runningtheraceradio.com and click on Service Times. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero. Please join us next time for the next edition of Running the Race.